0: You are listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break, episode number 67. Hey, today I have a very, very special guest. I know all my guests are very special, but today I have Oli Sansom. So Oli Sansom is a wedding photographer. I would also say he's a bit of a director, a filmmaker, designer, web developer, Basically everything, anything creative, Oli Sansom does it. So really excited to jump in and talk to him about the friction between having haters, getting bad feedback, getting good feedback, how we can grow creatively. There's just so much there. And to be honest, I've been friends with Oli for years. And I don't know if he knows this story, but about seven years ago, when I first met Oli, I was a bit starstruck because, you know, when you have those idols, um, you follow photographers or whoever it is in your industry and you really love their work. And so the first time that I met Oli, I loved his work so much. And I was a little bit like blown away I was like, whoa, look, here's Oli. Um, So yeah, I had one of those those fanboy moments over this guy and for good reason. He is absolutely incredible. I love everything that he does. I love the energy that he brings. I've been lucky enough now to have um, taught alongside Oli at different workshops all around the world. I've shot Oli in places like with Oli in places like New York City. We've done a lot of projects together and things together so... Um, I'm really lucky I can call him a really good friend right now so well, before we jump into all that don't forget we've got the wedding photography summit coming up really soon so if you haven't joined on yet tickets are seven dollars and there's also VIP tickets oh someone's just bought a ticket right now if you heard that um, and hey there's so many incredible photographers going to be there sharing a lot about business a lot about you know photography and things like that so seriously it's the best thing that you can do for your business if you want to end on a high end 2020 on a high and be ready have a predictable sustainable business in 2021 then get in a room of these guys jump in have a listen and you know we're going to pull out all the stops so you won't regret spending seven dollars Hey, I'm sitting in a room, got Ollie Sansom here, and I've been meaning to talk to him for a long time to bring him to the show, and um, it's taken a little while, but we're finally here. How are we, Ollie? Mate,
1: now that, I've, now that I'm seeing you in hot pants in that little room of yours over there, spectacular.
0: Yeah, it's um, really hot today, and because we're still kind of in lockdown, um, I'm in my room, there's no air conditioning, and it's very, very hot. If people could see behind the scenes sometimes of the stuff that we do, like... It's not what they (laughs) imagine,
1: And I'm wearing like a long sleeve wool top, so I think that's also probably making you hotter by association.
0: (laughs) Hey, good to have you on the show, man. Um, For those who don't know you, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and your career?
1: I'm Ollie Sansom. I, I photograph humans in all sorts of different contexts, so... I'm trying to merge a love of all things design and illustration and my background in other sort of creative uh, fields into photography now. So, yeah, I chased, well, prior to COVID, chased humans around the planet at their weddings. Uh, I've been to the South Pole for a documentary project. In between all that, I run a little styling thing and and just a whole lot of dabbling, really. I guess you'd call me like a bowerbird.
0: Just like a <laughs> pique pick bits and pieces of everything it's so good man because I feel like with your creativity in business you're not restricted to any labels you know a lot of people kind of pigeonhole themselves into like this is exactly what I do but for yourself um, I can see that you kind of take on every project the same kind of way like how could I design this better how could I create you know something a little bit more interesting or a little bit different or a little bit better or whatever it is like do you think it's like that for you yeah it's really tough, and and that's where, like I've got a maniacal
1: desire and almost internal need to try and do stuff to, I guess without sounding wanky, the best version of itself. I've got a, a high level of attention to detail, and navigating that whole conversation around uh, perfectionism and whether that's a good or bad thing is really tough when you're sitting there agonizing, piss fighting around with an image for for hours on end. Um, but yeah, I like, I like kind of taking, I guess, a craft approach to the things I do.
0: Like being like the perfect, perfection, perfection, perfectionism. So the perfectionism, do you think like that holds you back a lot? Like I know, like in business for me, like I'm the opposite to you. Like, I'm nothing's ever perfect. Everything's straight out there. And then I go back through and I fix things up as I go. So, you know, I'll send that out. Um, an email, and there's tons of spelling mistakes. I'll proofread it uh, uh, as it's already gone because I'm like, well, it's better if people are reading it because I'm making a better impact. I can probably sell more things, get more people to sign up to something, like opposed to who cares about the spelling mistakes, you know? <laughs> I'm pretty ruthless. Dude, 100%. 100%. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> like,
1: with it, and, you know, you'd know this so well. Like, with everything we do, there's, there's a whole lot of things we're serving. Yeah. So if we want to do stuff, for impact, then, you know, we have to be less perfectionistic. If we want to do stuff to get it out and move on to the next thing, have to be less perfectionistic. So it, it definitely holds you back. It holds me back. You know, I'm kind of only now getting back to a project I started a few years ago where I did these this interview and portrait series with with sort of past pop stars. And it's a project I've really got my heart attached to. But because of being perfectionistic with that and not being able to let go and outsource parts of that that have made life easier now which i've now outsourced it's just sat there on a shelf for a year and a half so yeah it totally holds it back um so i heard a really great quote uh last year i think hurry slowly Mm. and it's that idea of almost just being at peace with stuff you want to do to a finish that you want it done at taking a long time Uh, that's what i'm telling myself anyway as i (laughs) So I drag that project out over two years, but it can be a, a brick wall for sure. But I think trying to define whether you're being perfectionistic or careful in the execution
0: is is really useful. So just being aware of what the label is, I guess. Yeah, man, I absolutely believe that's tough as well. Hey, do you think like look from an outsider looking at what I do? Do you think I hurry slowly or hurry fastly? Um, Like do you think I just get into things and do things or do you think there is actually a long game? Like there's a lot more like to the process than what you'd actually think, if that makes sense.
1: I think you do jump into stuff, but you've also got the benefit now of someone who's been doing it for, you know, however long, how many years, eight years, seven years, six? I feel like we started around-ish a similar time, Um, you know, and the amount of... Background capital you've got now is freaking massive. Like you could launch a company in forty eight hours. You know totally. the bits and the Tetris pieces to to push around. So your version of banging something out is is really different. Yeah, and I think like maybe to like somebody, a lot else.
0: of people don't see that. So I know a lot of people say like, "Hey, I can't believe you just like started an online course and it's like successful or something." And it's it's like you know I started my first workshop in two thousand fifteen, right? And you know it cost me money, right? And you know. From that, like I did workshops every single year and I traveled around. I did all this. That's like five years to get that overnight success. You know that, right? <laughs> Dude, it's
1: that 10,000 hour thing, you know? And I always <laughs> think of musicians like, you know, they they crank out their their banging seminal piece of music at the age of 19, 20. Um, but, you know, what we don't see is the 10 or 15 years of them connected to that craft, getting home from school, tinkering on chromatic scales on the guitar for six hours straight yeah absolutely you know when they after dinner it's crazy you know that's
0: all of that capital coming to fruition in one hit so the reason why i was kind of like bringing that story around is like going back to being perfect a lot of people do think i'm on one side of the spectrum where i'm I'm trying to get things out and done and i like to let go sort of thing other side of the spectrum i say will be more so you wally that likes to have things like very polished to go out but at the end of the day, it's still like no matter what side of the spectrum that you're on, it still is a slow race because you still have to show up every day. You still have to take one step and another step and another step and and still put in the time and the yards.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I guess it's a the, it's the fitness thing. It's a music thing. You're better off playing guitar 10 minutes a day every day than one hour a week, you know, just touching that instrument every single day. And that's something I've got to be mindful of with photography and business stuff. It's to not kind of like load myself up with this gargantuan task I've got to do, but instead to go, look, just do 20, 30 minutes on it every day. And even this last week, you know, I've I've had three of these interviews that I shot and, and uh, had transcribed two years ago, finished in the space of a week, just because I've put in a little bit of time every day. Mm. And take instead of, you know, wearing that huge mental load
0: of these three enormous parts of this project that I have to do. Yeah. Hey, so I wanted to talk to you today a little bit about something that you probably haven't talked about with anyone else before. But kind of the the pull that we have between, you know, creating work that we love and everything, but then getting like criticized or um, called out or... um, I guess like you know putting stuff out to the world and then having someone that doesn't believe in you it can it can come in so many forms and shapes right it could even just be your partner saying like hey it's not the right time you shouldn't be doing it you're wasting your time or it could be someone online on Instagram saying like hey that's not good mm. enough or you know whatever it is and i think it drives us all totally different we all react totally different and from that we create totally different we have
1: this like ongoing tension between
0: needing people in
1: our circle to be our advocates and then with our craft, that craft needing the total opposite, needing that challenge of, of a brick wall. And I think that's such an interesting, interesting angle on all this stuff. And it reminds me of two things. So, firstly, you know, I think back to uni. So, I went and studied multimedia design at university over, you know, a decade and a half ago now. And I think back to that from the industry that I'm in now where we get all this instant gratification and serotonin, dopamine hits all day, like this, DM that, (laughs) and how unhelpful that is to the actual progression of our craft. And I think back to our uni teachers who, they weren't sociopaths, but they didn't really give a fuck about pissing in our pocket. You know, They were there to make Mm -hmm. us do better work. And what that did is it prevented us from getting our identity attached to the stuff we were making, which can be either really beneficial or really poisonous and it helped us kind of step out and see the work as something separate to us and i think of this guy he's a singer in this band in the states and i interviewed him for this project mannequin that i that i have up online now and i'm currently going through his interview and he was telling me this story where this kid in a bookshop recognized him and he's like oh my god randy like i play in a band can you give me advice on you know how I can be, how I can get to where you are, and Randy, who's the singer, has gone. All right, do you want the, you know, the real answer or the or the fake answer? And this kid's gone. Uh, the real answer. <laughs> what else are you going <laughs> to say when you stare at your hero? You know, give me give me the juicy stuff. And Randy's looked at him point blank and gone, All right, don't fucking do it. You don't stand a chance. And that was it. And this kid's gone away deflated. And Randy said five or six years later he was playing this festival and this kid, same kid, five or six years later had barreled up to him and gone straight to his face and he's gone, Randy, fuck you. I made it. I'm playing on the same damn festival as you. And Randy's looked at him and gone, that's exactly why I said that. That's exactly why. Because if you don't have that fire up your ass to push through and prove something with your craft, then, then why, why are you going to do it? What's your, what's your trigger going to be? Is it going to be a series of of really small triggers that don't make you produce powerful music? Or is it going to be this desire to show that you can be up on a stage with this guy? And I think navigating that, you know, we've, we've got a culture of, 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 Sometimes toxic positivity, and I think that can be more harmful to the work that we produce, or definitely kind of empty positivity at scale. And I kind of always wonder about, you know, we don't want someone to come up and and trash our work, but I wonder where those figures are if we don't have them. How do we find people that are going to make us um, question whatever reality or identity? We've pressed onto our work.
0: Yeah. And I think you need to be like really self aware if you're taking on, you know, whatever advice it is. But it is interesting because you always mm. hear the story of like, I'd love to go back to my teacher and tell him I made it. You know, he didn't believe in me. i 100%. love to tell my, my dad that didn't, that shouldn't, uh, thought I shouldn't have quit my job. I made it, dad, you know, because um, you always hear the stories. Rap, Exactly. You always hear like the underdog that's like no one believed in them and then they had like a purpose almost like almost like a mission to prove everybody wrong.
1: That's it. It's the underdog. But then how do we what I want to know is how how do we find that gracefully as well without kind of like leaning too far into this um you know screw the world crush it mm. you know like without going down the extreme of that thing like where where's the middle ground between um, showing up in the face of adversity, and you know, still making work that we're proud of, I guess. But that's the creative tension, isn't it? You know, you're, you're hey, at this intersection of making stuff for a lot of people, but also making really heartfelt, soft,
0: connective work. For yourself. Mm. Hey, th- there's been studies done actually, and it, what's like society does think is like it thinks that we should criticize and we should, you know, teach people like that, tell them what's wrong so they can get better and sort of mm. light up a fire. But they've actually done studies to prove the opposite is more effective. So, if mm-hmm. if someone is like creating something and you give them positive reinforcement, they will get better and they will work more towards it and they'll be more proud to show up to show it again. And I do mm-hmm. wonder, like when you think about social media, and I only just thought about this now, In the last like, I would say even five years on social media, and I guess because everyone is competing with each other and they're all trying to outdo each other and and now they've got a platform to show, but they are getting so much positive feedback and then they're going out and producing even more and then showing even more. I wonder if that's been one of the reasons why like as a lot of photographers have rapidly, you know, been like 10 years in front of where they usually would be when they first start out, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and, and that raises a, a really great question too. I, I want to dive back to what you said about the study though too before I dive into that one. Uh, there was a similar study on musicians where they basically found the same thing was true for the myth that an artist had to come from a, you know, terrible background of drugs and addiction and all this sort of stuff and they're like, well, actually at scale these people are producing their best work after they got clean. So, you know, they kind of debunked that myth. Um, To what you're saying there uh i think for me it becomes a question of well what's our metric then and you know i i think of there's this fantastic artist in in australia morgana mcgee and you know i love her work it's so slow and meditative but it's real long-form stuff and it's kind of work where she'll chip away at it for five or six years almost and and then it kind of forms in its ideal representation, whether it's part of a you know, gallery space or book, wh- whatever have you. Um, so what's our metric for these photographers and, and us as artists then?
0: How do we kind of quantify where we've leapt to? Yeah, and I would actually argue that we're kind of stepping further away from the artistry and more towards like um, a a system or, a, or like a roadmap, you know, like you can buy the preset. You don't need to do too much. You can outsource mm. a lot. You can, you can like follow your favorite photographer and learn the tips. And then, then you can like replicate and it becomes a business less about the art, I think.
1: Mm. Yep. hundred percent. And, and an yeah, yeah. The, the old art versus commerce thing is always going to be a massive, massive conversation, you know, it's, yeah. The question to ask is what community do you want to be part of can you be part of both and at what kind of ratio i guess but for me it's also a thing of going you know the soft and the loud are you leaning into the soft work or the loud work are you are we leaning into the instantly gratifying stuff or are we leaning into work that is you know this is something i find more and more now the work that i'm personally interested in producing is so freaking boring man like I come alive at taking a photo of a, of a paperclip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like really boring stuff is gets me going now and I kind of wonder where that's going to go because, you know, the, the work I want to make is not really work that
0: is uh, all that interesting to a lot of people. <laughs> so. Mm. Um, hey, I wanted to bring it back to a bit of a story that I know I've told you a long time ago, but um, I want you to picture this, right? Uh, 2014, I just started my career. Uh, I've been doing it for like one, two years and I just won Rangefinder Top 30 uh, Photographer, you know, that whole up and rising thing. And I get an email and I get this email and it's probably like maybe 20 pages long. And it's some guy that's a professor at a university in middle America somewhere. And he basically wanted the Rangefinder thing. He's been trying for a long time. Um, And when I got it, he got all my images that were submitted, dissected them all and told me why I didn't deserve to win and what was wrong with all of them. And what's interesting is I think sometimes like, you know, for him, like obviously he was disheartened because, you know, he wanted it and he's, he's been going for it for a long time and I felt sorry for him that I did get it because I actually didn't believe I deserved it either. But when he did show me that, it was like game changer for me because all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, he's so right. Look at that composition, like all the notes that he put on all my imagery. I was like, this is incredible. This is like a degree right here. This guy went out of his way to like show me exactly what I need to do. And from that experience, I was so excited about going out and shooting again. And I just got so much better in the next just only a few months. Mm. But what's interesting is I don't think that's what his intention was. Like I think he was trying to rip me down a little bit. But with my mindset, like I only see growth in those situations because I am the underdog and I and I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to be wrong. I'm ready to look like an idiot, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so when someone does call me out, I'm like exactly this was sinking. that there's the way, yeah. you know, that's the new way I can do. That's awesome. And now I expand and I grow and then I can obviously do so much further, go so much further, do so much more, if that makes sense.
1: Validation really works both ways. And you know, it's so interesting in that context that you received that validation of something you kind of already knew niggling at you. Yeah. Like if we yeah. have a if we have a good idea that we plonk down in an Evernote for a business or whatever else, and then we talk to, to a friend and they validate it, that might give us the spark to create it. But it also works the other way. If we kind of know something shit or we've been being a little bit lazy, this happens to me all the freaking time. And I get called on it. I'm like, oh, my God, thank you for giving me permission to finally fix
0: that and call me on it, mm. you know? So, yeah. And I guess like the moral of that story is like um, if you can't always just like wear your heart on your sleeve and be too sensitive with, you know, some of the feedback and you need to be able to see the positive in something. If someone's taking the time, if someone double double, you know, taps on your photo, it's not really... You know, not much effort on their behalf to do that. Did they like it? Did they not? Who knows? Maybe they're just trying to interact. But if someone writes you a twenty-page email with feedback, like that's a lot of work. And I think yeah. you need to you need to at least acknowledge that. Like someone, you know, um, even if it's apparently bad, like even if it's bad feedback, it's really good. Like if someone is willing to give you bad constructive feedback, like you can learn so much from that.
1: Dude, that was a free workshop, man. That's wild, (laughs) Uh, but I think, I also think, you know, maybe we don't have to be positive, but I think optimism is the only way with this stuff. You know, the reality is our industry didn't and could not exist 30 years ago in the way it does now. Like we're in a luxury industry and that's what I always try and remember. So there's, we can't get too wound up in, in ourselves and whether we get good or bad feedback all the time, you just have to take it optimistically and go, what's the takeaway Mm. in this.
0: Yeah. And I, I think also like having a strong um, sense of your own why and your own goals and stuff. Mm. So like for me, you know, especially when I was first starting out, so ambitious to be a wedding photographer. It didn't matter who told me that it wasn't going to work out. Like I would be proving everybody wrong, you know, and I and I'd had the mentality like I was the underdog. But like if someone really wanted to bring me down, I would get revenge by being even more successful. I was like, well, you want to see me on a billboard? I'll be there. I'll be in your neighborhood. I'm going to advertise Facebook, you know, my face onto your Facebook in your area. Like if that's what it takes, like I'm going to be everywhere. So I'm in your it's phone, so interesting. bro. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting because like we all do things differently, but I can't really kick that mentality because I did grow up, you know, the way I did. So I still do have that underdog mentality of like, mm. you know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to be there. I'm going to do the thing. So it doesn't matter what anyone says. Mm
1: hmm. And man, you know Frank Zappa has such a great interview on that exact topic about just leaning into why not. And you know, and it was thirty years ago, and all of the stuff in the interview holds so true today.
0: And mm. there's not enough
1: of that. We we systemize things and you know change things as much as we want, but at the end of the day, Hey, So do you have rocker. um?
0: Do you have like in your life, in your support network, do you have a support network of people that tell you, you know, like that you're doing the right thing and help you along? Or like, do you ever get people that give you advice that you feel like it's the wrong advice or people that give you unsolicited advice where, you know, it's coming from like maybe them being scared or them, you know, whatever reason why they're projecting that advice onto you. Like, do you have a lot of that or is everyone very supportive in your in your community?
1: Yeah, well, well that the way support's positioned there implies that all support has to be positive. And Mm -hmm. I I do have support. Yeah. Both positive and and negative, you know, um, just to give you a couple of little examples, my business partner in our little Arbor styling company, our friendship is so completely, is it transparent or opaque? I don't know which one, which one is it? Who knows? Our friendship is so open and straightforward that we just say there is no filter between our brain and our mouth. And we will actually say what we want to say in the most ridiculous, blunt way to each other, crack ourselves laughing, and then go, okay, cool, there's actually a takeaway in that. So let's fix that thing. And it's great. And other people in my support network, I know that they have, for example, a taste that I value. And they may not be a producer themselves, but they may their way of thinking, I I respect. So if they give me feedback, I'm like, okay, shit, you're looking at this through a really interesting lens and I've got to take that seriously. So, and you know, there's unsolicited stuff, but I don't really take anything that comes through the uh, fly by night, flighty nature of Instagram too seriously. You know, I feel like I've got about five or 10 people around me who I'm like, yeah, I really value their brains on this. And I think that's so important to have. And I think it's such a leg up to have those people. But, yeah, identifying them stuff, man. It's the same as finding a mentor, finding help, finding the right this, that, and the other. It's actually really, really tough. So if you find those people, we've got to hang on to
0: them. Yeah. Hey, personal question, have you ever had any haters? Haters?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Trolls.
1: <laughs> I have. I'm releasing a rap album on them coming 2022. <laughs> I'm sure I've... Oh, Yeah. I kind of washed wash it from my brain. I honestly mm. can't. I honestly can't think it, you know. God. But I also, you know, one thing is if you kind of leave your Instagram there doing nothing for 12 months or pull everything down from it, there's nothing there for haters to hate. So, yeah, you know, if you don't want any haters, exactly. just pull your work offline or don't put anything up.
0: Well, exactly. I, like haters always go to wherever the attention is.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, I wish I had more. <laughs> To be honest, <laughs> at least if you get haters, at least you know someone's watching stuff you're doing, and something you're doing mm. is having impact in some way or another. You know, so yeah, I don't think Absolutely. it's either a little bad thing, but yeah, I'm struggling to think. Yeah, a lot of people took yeah. the piss out of the um, the the dark and moody stuff I did at the start, where which that was all I did really, while I was learning, the, you know, the the ropes of sheer sure all lighting. Mm -hmm. but
0: other than that yeah no i've had it too easy i I think um for my career the last like six months has been my the most growth i've ever had and i always i think i do hold myself back a lot because i do listen to the haters sometimes and i'm just like oh okay like you know i think sometimes it's hard no matter how strong you are it's like to put up those walls um but i've really worked on it and um i kind of really enjoy my haters now i think it's a it's a it's pretty fun um and like again like another easy way is like um like i had one the other day actually and they made a fake instagram account and fake email account to like really write home some messages to me and then my response was just like overwhelming them with like how i can help them how like you know if they need any help just reach out like how how much like i appreciate their feedback how they're completely correct and everything and they just couldn't like they had to give up after a while because they're like, man, like I, f- I really wanted to bring this guy down, but like if he's if he's like responding with love, what can I do? You know, dude, you've made
1: it when you have an Instagram account made up in your in your honor. What you said there is uh. <laughs> it's the key to the castle, man. Like you know, and you can apply that two ways. If there's if there's any problem with your business or if someone has an issue, man, the only way to solve it is by going all in, like radical, absolute radical empathy, and I'll. I will fight and stand on top of that tiny hill with with that one. I think it's the only way, you know, I might, I haven't had an issue for as long as I can remember now, but um, you know, there was a period once, once every two years, maybe I had, I'd I'd kind of do something wrong and get called on it. And, and I fixed the only way to do that is to, well, the only way to correct that properly is just to go all in and go, okay, how can I give absolutely everything, everything here? And it's the same with what you're saying there. I haven't had haters, but you know, I've had, um, I've had sort of branding or copywriting ripped, uh, you know, a bunch of times and I'm, I'm like, okay, I can actually get, I can get worked up about this mm. or I can come from an angle of servitude and go, okay, this person has, has kind of plagiarized this stuff because they don't feel like they can do it themselves or they're, um, you know, insecure about something. So flipping it to a, a an angle of servitude and going, well, how can I mm. exactly empathy? How can I help this person? You know, um, I had someone a bunch of years ago, and they come to my workshop, and then, and then this happened. And I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to go. What have I? How have I not served properly in my workshop that this information wasn't delivered? And go, okay. How do I now respond with radical empathy? How do I go? Okay, if you um, you know, if you've, if you've copied this stuff. It's copywriting, what can I do to give you the power to go, there's so much awesome stuff inside you and here's how we can tease it out. So, man, I write massive emails. It's the same as, um, you know, some folks get kind of wrapped up uh, in the artist ego if they get an inquiry that isn't really, really long and involved. And, you know, if they get a one-line email that says, hey, are you available? What's your price list? You know, you see so many photographers go, Fuck, they're not even interested in my work. You know why would I bother even replying to that? Mm. They're the emails that I respond the most to. Extra. So if I yeah, get a absolutely. one-line email, I'm like, Fuck "This, you're getting. <laughs> I'm giving you everything. You're getting everything. Sorry, because here's yep. the thing: people that write emails that are really, really short and punchy often come from places where they don't get to, they don't get to output their personal way of being in their day-to-day corporate stuff. You know that they. they they might spend all day writing 200 punchy short emails that have to be effective and have to get an action solved. So that's not for me to kind of get my arty wank ego wrapped up in a twist about that's a chance for me to go, okay, they've reached out for a function. I'm going to give them a function, but I'm also going to show them that I really, really give a shit about what I do. And without exception, every time I've got an email where it's had, you know, four or five words, what are your prices? they've turned out to be some of the most incredible couples who they just relate to email differently than I do. And it's such
0: an opportunity lost if we
1: don't look empathetically at everything we do.
0: 100%, man. Like I drive this fact home always inside like my course and everything because people say, I just got a one-line email. And I'm like, that's the best email you could ever get because Mm -hmm. you already know what their problem is. And it's all about solving problems. This person doesn't have time. So now I'm going to solve their problem by telling them how, hey, I know you didn't have much time to tell me details. That's fine because I can just send you a link and we can mm-hmm. just go on as a Zoom call when you have time. And it's also I can do this and this and this. So when there's like telltales like that, it's like, man, it's not that I don't appreciate you and your craft and your photos and stuff. It's, there's a different problem there and you need to solve that problem.
1: Ah, hundred percent. And, and that's, you know, that's what separates, I think, people that have maybe longevity in business, because there's always that sense of excitement and opportunity.
0: Mm, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, um, I, I did an interview actually with, um, a lady in America called Elizabeth. She's going to be talking at the summit. And I was actually talking to her about when COVID hit, like I kind of got excited for my business, but it's because like you were saying, like you get excited about, something new a new problem it's a new problem i need to make new solutions it's something that's unknown and for me as an entrepreneur like i thrive when things don't work out and obviously it's boring when things are just perfect like it's hard for me to grow when some when the economy is perfect when everyone's booking and there's weddings every weekend i'm just editing every week like every week just editing like there's nothing that's going to grow but the second I lose all my money and I have to like think totally different, have to get creative, have to better serve, have to show up and wow my clients, I have to be on social media more, i got to sit in my hot room and talk to Ollie, like whatever it is, it means there's so much more growth in that area.
1: 100%. And there might be only in the average lifetime, maybe one, maybe two <laughs> of those like utterly events, changing opportunities. Yeah. Exactly. You know? When this first thing when this first started this whole thing, you know the narratives that were coming out were, "Oh my God, it was like a cyclone of and it's like there's only one there's only one way to look at this, and it is as an opportunity. That's it. It's going to be harder for some people than it is for others, but that's the only delineation with this whole scenario
0: from a business It is point crazy of view, anyway. because, yeah, from from the business, like it's crazy because and people say this and they kind of miss the point, they say, like, well, why during COVID are all the millionaires become billionaires? Or why is like, you know, people getting more rich and and then the lower class are getting even more poor? Um, and it creates a divide because the people that are entrepreneurs that see opportunity, they'll see the opportunity. But if you're um, skeptic anyway and you're feeling like an imposter in your job or whatever it is and you're not feeling secure, like of course it's going to fall out from beneath you and then you're going to lose your job mm-hmm. because you're seeing it as like a reconfirmation reconf- of like, I knew it. Like, I knew I didn't deserve this job or whatever it was.
1: Yeah, and that's like, that's the that's the mental fight that you have to engage with every single day, yeah? And it's the same thing when yeah. people talk about marriage. They're like, it's not a thing you just sign. It's a thing you have to do every single day. And it's the same, with, um, it's the same with this challenge. You have to wake up and go, oh, God, my, my serotonin is through the floor today. But I know, mm-hmm. I know, I just have to... Bang my head against this wall, um, and you know, it, it's that thing. You know, maybe we hate going. Oh, there's always people worse off, but that reality holds holds true. And I think that's what we have to lean on. We're still in a luxury mm. industry. We've got man. Wild amounts I, I think of you, support.
0: I think you really wrapped it up now. That now it on the head with it's like a marriage. Because a lot of people say like, oh, COVID hit. Like, I didn't expect this. I'm going to go out of business. But it's like, man, like any marriage, just you have to you have to know there's going to be hard times. Like, you have to. Anything that goes up has to come down. Like, you already have to know that it's not going to be smooth sailing forever. Like, don't you? If you're going to go into business, you must know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can
1: look at it as a fun thing or a really, really shit thing.
0: Yeah. Hey, um... <clears throat> just to bring it back back onto like the mindset and around uh, feedback, I in inside my six figure course, someone um, just did a big post about how they went from zero to a hundred thousand dollars in three months, from like nothing, shooting their first wedding, to booking a hundred thousand dollars worth of work, which is awesome. But I got an email from someone else inside the course, and they said that they're going to actually give up the course because they've been in there for five months, and they haven't hit six figures, and you know they're feeling like that positivity is not for them because it's unrealistic um and what's interesting is they're getting feedback and and um pivoting from that feedback but the feedback's from themselves so it's how they respond to something that's not directly to them, but it's affected them in a different way. And I think a lot of us do that. Like when we're watching the news even and everyone says like, oh, everything's going to plummet. Don't buy a house right now. Don't buy shares. Like don't start a business. Mm. Like of course you're going to be thinking like, whoa, like should I be doing that or shouldn't I be doing that? But it also if it's positive, um, you're making up your own mind there too. Like that's unrealistic for me. That's not, you know, whatever it is. It's like, yeah, I guess like I'd just like to hear your thoughts on um Indirectly getting feedback on your work and your world, I guess.
1: I thought that was going to go in another direction. Um, because I was, my answer <laughs> was, um, was going to be like, So I, I signed up for, I bought a couple of courses at the start of this year, maybe, maybe three in total. I, I really threw down this year and have done a lot of work that is unseen. Um, yeah, that's how I spent COVID. That's how I chose to spend it right at the start. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. do all these boxes, fix all these things. But part of that, at the start of the year before COVID, I signed up for a few courses and I can tell you that they have had zero impact. Why? Because I haven't done them. Yeah. But that's <laughs> the thing. If you don't, oh, it's really tough. It's sort of tough to, to maybe hear in process, but it's like, well, you have to do the material and my my roadblock is getting in these Facebook groups and, and engaging and doing the work and if I don't do the work, I'm not going to get the money back that I spent on those mm. courses. Um, and I think that's pretty tough when you're navigating through that tunnel of seeing other people's successes and wins also which get shared in this group and it's easy for me to look at those and go, you know, I'm not saying your person did that by the way, but it's easy for me yep. to look at those wins and go shit. Well I'm not having those wins. But then I look and go, shit, well, I haven't I haven't done the work. You know, I haven't I have all <laughs> of this incredible material I've paid for right there. But I haven't, you've got to spend the time at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, you really do. And I think um it, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit because from the get-go you can see people that pick up the, the information and they don't even ask questions like they, they don't even question themselves. They're just they're just like I'm going to believe 100% on what you're saying. I'm going to apply exactly what you're doing. And I'm going to work as hard as that you say that you need to work. And then they get the results as fast as I get results, right? But then you get the other people that say like, well, I've got the, I've watched the course now, um, but I don't know what the next step is. But they're always trying to, I guess, like learn something new or learn like the new thing without implementing. Because at the end of the day, man, it doesn't matter what's inside my course. It really doesn't. Like it really comes down to the motivation. Like if I, if you bought my course and you weren't doing it, and if I rang you up and started saying like, "Hey man, you're not doing my course. I'm going to ring you up each week and give you one thing to do. I'm going to, I'm going to be on your Instagram to check on you. I'm going to be like mm. holding you accountable." Then all of a sudden, it'd be the best money you've ever spent because you'd be like, "Oh man, like I don't want to let Jai down. Okay, I'm going to do it. Like it doesn't even matter what what I'm doing. Like he's just telling me to write an email. I'll do it. You know."
1: In a <laughs> in a like work from home world where we're kind of like reconsidering the value of an office, that right there is the value of an office, having other humans around to be held accountable. Uh, I ran a a studio maybe five or six years ago with a few friends, and we always said, man, the best money we could possibly spend on our business would be to each put in 10, 15 grand for the year and have a full-time proxy parent that Mm. on a Monday they're looking at our schedules, they're giving us deadlines, whatever the hell they are. And almost like an implementation manager, which is exactly mm. what a parent is when you think about it,
0: you know? Um, it's basically, You're, you're yeah. actually asking for a boss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Dude, I oh, want a boss. <laughs> like, I can, exactly I can work you're... like a bull, but I also like being <laughs> girl, Need some direction. told, dude, you've got three hours to do this. It's so powerful. Mm. I think back to the agency days where I was a designer and I'd rock up on a Monday morning. My time was billed out to the clients at a fairly high rate so my time was managed in 15 minute increments so i'd open up this big system and i knew every 15 minute block for my entire week and you know that was actually really freeing it wasn't constricting it was really really freeing Mm. and it made you get stuff done Uh, there's a reason why that stuff works and i try to apply that in what i do with varying levels of success in you know plotting out my iCal
0: and and scheduling stuff in we need we need You've just given me freelance. an idea. Yeah, I think I need to I need to up my game and I need to start doing that for people. Have a have a service where I'm your motivational coach each week. You need me, I'm there. <laughs> that would I feel like that's a, it almost a lost a lost hole
1: in the market. You know, um, I don't know it really if, is. What, what do they call it? virtual um virtual help. I get like these virtual helpers. Follow. I don't know virtual assistant. They're the answer. Yeah, VA. Um, yeah, this is a separate role, isn't it? It's really an accountability manager. So if anyone out mm. there, I, f- I feel like if we were to go and put out a job ad right now and get 20 people to put in X amount of money, man, that position would get filled really, really quickly and budgeted really quickly and it would be the best money that photographers spent.
0: It's so funny because like, w- like brainstorming with you right now, like a new business idea. It, like, every business, every good business, seriously, it just comes from, like, like identify a problem. There's a problem right there. And that's worth a lot of money because you're, like, fixing someone's problem. And that's the thing with business. Like, if you want a successful business, like, how can you uh, identify and then solve someone's problem? And the more people that you solve, the more value you have, the more value you're bringing people. Because a lot of people see it like this, man. Like, right, if you're a worker and you go to work... Um, and you did 40 hours a week and then you did an extra two hours, like 42 hours. And you're just helping your boss with just like, maybe you're a VA or something. You're literally bringing one person value and that's it. And you might not even be bringing them value. Maybe you're costing them money. Maybe, you know, you're costing them a headache or whatever it is. But then you come and say like, hey, I work 40 hours a week. I need a pay rise. Like, I I think I'm worth more. But are you worth more? Like the value is not actually there. You're not actually impacting more people or bringing in more sales or, or generating extra work. So Your value Mm -hmm. is not actually there. So if you want to create Mm -hmm. value and the reason why, you know, so many people say like, why is the 1% have billions of dollars and the rest of us don't have anything? It's because the 1% create value for billions of people. Like literally, you know, that's how we're on Facebook right now and doing everything that we love to do that we love to complain about, um, getting those, you know, Mm. a package. I don't even have to leave my house. It just gets delivered to my house and it's affordable, and it's easy, and it, you know, so many problems are solved for me. I'm happy that there's a billionaire that that solved that problem for me. <laughs> it's affected my mm. life, you know.
1: <laughs> Wait, is that is that a is that a drone flying behind you, dropping off a, a sandwich on your shoulder?
0: Absolutely. I was literally just about to get on Uber Eats and get some breakfast. Actually, <laughs> I've got um I've got 42 mentoring sessions today to get through. So I've got and no breaks. So I'm literally going to be on Uber Eats getting food. Whilst, whilst I'm doing some sessions.
1: <laughs> Holy Batman, bro. <laughs> How's your Nescafe pod subscription going?
0: Oh, man, every, everything's crazy right now. But that's what happens when you solve people's problems. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um, so, hey, on that note, <laughs> I'm actually going to wrap it up so I can go get some Uber Eats. <laughs> When do you nap? Are you going to nap today?
1: How, like, Man, i tell you what. what like, like, do you sleep like Leonardo da Vinci where he's like, you know, four 90-minute <laughs> blocks?
0: Man, if you want to know like my schedule right now, like I go to bed really early, but literally I usually wake up at five, uh, 6 a.m. My um, alarm goes off at 6 a.m., but I wake up an hour before my alarm goes off so I can like um, spend an extra hour working out how I can get a pay rise by helping one more person or like impacting one more person by doing something. And I can do that all from my phone, from bed. So i make sure I do that. And then once that I've completed that mission for the day, then I wake up and then I go into my routine and like continue the rest of the day. Because, you know, like everyone has the same amount of time per day. Everybody, right? Um, some people are a little bit more smart. Except where they... David Bowie. Yeah, except for him. But I mean, some people obviously buy more time back by jumping into courses, paying for VAs, getting staff, like whatever it is. Um, But at the same time, like sometimes I'm just like, man, I need to be doing more all the time. Like what am I doing? Why am I wasting my time, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like I want everything to be good, you know? It's not just my business. I think about this with my relationship. I need to put more time to the side so I can take her out to a better place and we can spend, you know, have a bottle of wine, spend more time together. I want to make sure I've got time today to give Ollie a call to see what he's up to, to make sure... My relationships are good, you know. I think about that with every aspect of my life. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's
1: a it's a giant
0: moving zeppelin, and you're you're keeping it afloat, mate. It's all gonna pop one day, I'm sure of it. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what happened to the zeppelins?
1: <laughs> oh, that was a, oh god, that was a terrible example, wasn't it? Well, it was only one. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Hey, man, where can we find you? Where can we connect with you um, and say hi? You can find me
1: on ollysansom.com and briarsatlas.com and there's a whole bunch of other stuff fanning out from both of those. Hashtag Instagram.
0: Awesome, man. Hey, so good to have you on the show. Um, I'm really keen to do it again and we can we can have more conversations because I know that we've had so many conversations over the years of so many good things, little nuggets, and we need to be sharing these with so many people in so many countries we've done so many fun things so um yeah we need to we need to get on here chat a little bit more and um and share some more love with the community i think
1: bro thanks for having me what a bloody treat to finally get this lockdown
0: There we have it, guys. So if you want to head over to Oli's Instagram, Oli Sansom, you can find him. If you want to say hi to me, slide into my DMs at jialong.co. And as always, I really appreciate you guys jumping in, listening to what I've got to say, listening to the speakers, giving us that time, giving us that space. And I hope there was a lot of value and inspiration from this episode so if you do want to share it on instagram make sure you tag us so we can reshare it and get you some followers and uh, again guys just sending out my love hope everybody's good and i'll see you at the summit as well
1: spread the love and create opportunities for the people around you make your break as brought to you by jai long and produced at our in-house studio free the bird productions We love creating opportunities for you and hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more information on this podcast, our online courses, products, workshops, or just want to say hi, we're here for you at JaiLong.co.